Um, I'm, I'm presuming there is no public speaking, and uh, as there's no public presence, I think that is uh, um, absolutely understandable. So just on housekeeping, if you could um, mute yourselves, please, so we can be disciplined about this and we get no extraneous noises. Um, I think everybody is pretty uh, familiar with raising the blue hand. Um, it will be good then uh, when, you, when, when you finish speaking if you take your blue hand down, so that's clear. But I could possibly ask Ben if he notices that as the, um, as the uh, host, he can put it down as well. So um, we'll, uh, we'll get underway on that basis. Um, item number one, uh, apologies from absence from Councillor Pepper. Um, are there any declarations of interest? I think it's established that uh, we don't particularly do the Parish Council uh, uh, declarations. So uh, I will move on then to so, item number sorry, two. Sorry, Chair, I can't, I can't raise a hand like everyone else as host. Um, just to say, Councillor oh. Pavitt has also sent his apologies um, as a leader okay. of the opposition. Thank you. Yes, indeed. Thank, thank you very much. Um, item number two, minutes of the previous meeting. Can... Can I take those as a true record of the meeting? Any comments uh, or errors that may be there, please raise your hand. And very specifically, not matters arising. I see no hands raised, so I'm going to take that as the minutes have been approved and accepted. Ben, I get to sign these someday in the future, won't I? Maybe, but uh, don't worry about that. <laughs> Uh, item number three, are there any questions or statements from uh, uh, non-members of Cabinet? Uh, I have uh, Councillor Dean's hand showing. Alan. Yeah. Yes, thank you, Chairman. There have been discussion in the past about the um, corporate um, delivery plan, and, and it's my recollection that uh, something would emerge in September. Now, I know that the later paper about the budget suggests that uh, things are back in balance financially, and that was the reason why we didn't, well, the council didn't receive one earlier in the year. Could I ask one, either why there's nothing on this agenda tonight or when something will appear, and will it be this month? Um, I think it will appear this one. I think it, this is for Council on the 8th, is it not, uh, Dawn? Sorry, Chair. So, uh, no, it will be for scrutiny later this month. And oh, it will come to Cabinet on the 14th of October. So uh -huh, it will, yeah. it, it's in order to uh, enable scrutiny to have a look at it. Thank yeah, you. I'm just looking for the date of scrutiny, which I've lost. Neil will tell us quickly. 26th or something. 24th. 24th of September, I can see that, yeah. And in fact, I know I've even got it down that it is the corporate, uh, the delivery plan for that evening. So that's good. Uh, any other uh, questions or statements under item three? No. Item four, uh, matters referred to the executive by the scrutiny committee, none. Though, on to item five, consider reports from the scrutiny and, and uh, overview committees. Uh, Councillor Gregory, I rather imagine that uh, you will wish to uh, contribute at this point. 
Thank you, Leader. Yes, indeed, I would like to. Uh, good evening, Cabinet members. I sent you a note earlier today, which was uh, agreed on a consensus basis by uh, the members of Scrutiny. We met last Tuesday in our first meeting for Scrutiny of the Local Plan. Uh, as you know, Scrutiny is a critical friend of the administration. Emphasis on the word friend. Our job is to assist the administration in improving the delivery, effectiveness and efficiency of council services. And we take that duty very seriously. And to the extent it is possible, um, we make every effort to depoliticise the deliberation. So I was particularly pleased that at last Tuesday's meeting, of the four political groups represented, represented, there was absolute agreement across all of them and across everybody who spoke about the points that were made. Um, Councillor Evans came and presented to the committee and he did a magnificent job. If I was ever up at the Old Bailey, I'd want him defending me because he was absolutely brilliant defence. Um, trouble was, he was on a bit of a sticky wicket because there were a number of, number of issues where quite profound concerns were raised. And let me go through those rather briefly. Um, Councillor Dean made the rather pointed comment, and we had to agree with him, that there didn't seem to be any evidence of demonstrable progress at all. Uh, with hindsight, although that was very much the impression we gained from the papers, um, Councillor Evans did rebut that, and it was clear from the presentation yesterday by the East of England Local Government Association consultants that more had been happening than we'd been led to believe. But certainly from the papers presented, uh, the conclusion reached by Councillor Dean and concurred with by all the other members was entirely reasonable. So there was a measure of concern, which again came out last night in the all-member briefing, that there seemed to be a lack of intention to progress matters pending the white paper. And the concern was raised that white papers come, white papers go, primary legislation will in due course doubtless be produced, but that may bear remarkably little similarity to the current drafting of the white paper. And so to the extent possible, the council should be operating on the basis of the world as it is, rather than the world as it might be, whilst, of course, maintaining some degree of prudence over the potential changes that there might be. Now, we all appreciate this as a balancing act, but scrutiny was not convinced that uh, the balance had been correctly struck. More worryingly, and with, with reference to the organisational uh, structure chart for the delivery of the local plan, that uh, document with the multicoloured blobs on, it did become clear that there wasn't really a depth of understanding of who was responsible for what and the various interlinkages. Now, we realise it's quite a complicated document and it takes a bit to get your head round, but we had rather hoped that there was it would be, become slightly more embedded in the uh, consciousness than it appeared to be. There was also some concern expressed about the nature of the cancellation or purported cancellation of both scrutiny and local plan leadership group before they actually met. And finally, as was once again referred to last night, 
we had clear recollections of dedicated project management or project direction resource being provided for the local plan and that had been uh, mooted by the LGA consultants. It wasn't clear that that had been pursued to the extent it might have been. Now, Councillor Evans put up a very good and robust defence of these points, but it's undoubtedly the case that um, there was considerable disquiet about the depth and granularity of the information we received, and it was difficult to feel confident that the rate of progress was what we might have hoped for and might have expected. Um, Councillor Evans, is that a reasonable summary, would you say, of our deliberations? Uh, well, as your victim um, in the friendly contact, <laughs> in the friendly context uh, last week, um, uh, perhaps I, I should just say that um, the engagement which um, we had uh, is, of course, extremely uh, useful, and that's um, uh, going to be a vital part as we go uh, part of the process for the lo local making of the local plan as we as we go forward. Um, I did actually um, listen to the um, meeting again on, on the recording uh, afterwards, and uh, I, I, I felt that your note today uh, perhaps didn't entirely reflect um, the fact that I, I felt that I had at least met a number of the concerns which you had uh, and, your and the members of your committee uh, had expressed. Um, and uh, being a critical friend... Uh, friends, of course, listen to what uh, their friends tell them. Um, so it is a two-way street. And I would hope that what I was seeking to convey and provide assurance in respect of um, was actually being accepted um, to the extent appropriate uh, by, by you and the members of your, of your committee. Um, in relation to uh, the understanding of the coloured schema, um, I did say that I, I felt that um, uh, the officers and uh, the members of the LPLG were certainly aware, uh, as far as I could see, uh, of the structure and the uh, degree of engagement and responsibilities required by the component uh, elements uh, on, that, um, on that schema. Uh, but I, I hadn't spoken to all 39 of us, as it were, to verify whether or not that was the, uh, whether or not that was the case. Um, I'm sure that um, where people slot in and where functions um, lie will become more uh, understood um, as uh, the uh, next month or so goes by. Uh, I think in relation to your observation about the, about the uh, directorial and the project management uh, issues, and indeed you did raise those two points last night um, at our meeting with the uh, peer review group. Uh, those are those are matters which are being uh, looked at, and I think I did mention that in relation, for example, to project management, uh, I had at my normal um, meeting with the officers um, uh, ten days ago, actually now, um, asked for a paper from the officers in relation specifically to project management, and that that was going to be uh, further reported upon. Um, as to the uh, directorial function which was described by the peer review group in their first advisory paper to us that again is something which we are 
collectively going to be uh, looking at. And uh, I do accept that the point you made last night on that is, is certainly something uh, well, well, well made. Um, so um, uh, I, I, I stand ready to um, uh, appear before you in, in future and uh, hopefully uh, continue to enjoy the relationship which we, uh, which we had last week. Thank you very much. I, I, I take your point about uh, the fact that I should have acknowledged that you had indeed acknowledged some of you, some of uh, our points. So my apologies for that. Um, Neil, was that the end of your input? Oh, sorry, I wasn't sure. Uh, indeed it is, John, unless anybody has any questions they'd like me to answer. OK, thank you very much. Yes, I have one hand raised. Um, Councillor Day, fine. Um, I think Councillor Gregory has to be careful of not making a war of words here. My understanding from um, the peer group last night was that they said that, that, well, they didn't say that we were not moving. What they did say is that we shouldn't hang around and wait. And I think there's a great difference there because I personally think we are moving. Uh, we are in first gear. I don't think that you go straight into fourth gear um, with this. We have to get this right. Um, and you do it at the correct pace and not in haste. Um, okay. If I, if, if I may comment on that, uh, Councillor Day, I think I'd agree with you entirely. And I found the presentation last night very reassuring. Um, I don't know whether there'd been the opportunity for further reflection in the weeks in scrutiny or whether it was just the format that uh, was clearer, but it was certainly uh, easier to understand the areas where progress had been made, where progress was uh, paused for prudent reasons and where progress perhaps needed to catch up. So you know, I think part of this can be put down to uh, questions of the efficiency and effectiveness of communications. But I take your point. Uh, thank you. Um, I think that uh, there were analogies were made, but I think that there's been quite a bit of paddling under, under the water without the, the, the massive movement that uh, might have been visible. Um, next hand is Petrina. Uh, thank you, Chair. If I may, I'm wondering whether, um, as, as Councillor Gregory stated, it, from, from the peer group presentation last night, they realised how much had been going on. And those of us that are aware of it know what's been going on. But he is right that lots of other people probably don't know what's been going on. And then it came out on the peer group. So I'm wondering, I know it's a little bit of a, a bit more effort, but I was wondering um, whether it may be a good idea to insert on papers given to scrutiny work that's going on behind the scenes as in this is being investigated this report is being prepared we are looking at this you know a bullet point that things that aren't maybe coming to the lpg yet but it's there as you say paddling under the water does councillor gregory think that scrutiny then wouldn't quite feel that they weren't aware of what was going on or Got the misapprehension, I would say, that there wasn't anything going on when we know there has been. Um, thank you, Councillor Lees. All of this, of course, is in the context that uh, 
a pre-scrutiny of these matters is being undertaken, and that in itself is a major advance for openness and transparency brought in by this administration. Um, scrutiny is by its nature at times a slightly robust process because we're charged with um, asking difficult questions. Uh, the answers to those questions may be difficult, they may be easy, or as we've demonstrated, it may just be that we didn't have the information which required us to answer the questions. So in summary, yes, I think some idea of coming soon, um, uh, sort of the prequel, the, uh, what's the, the trailer for the forthcoming major events would be very helpful to contextualise these matters. Well, I, I think then that maybe we could consider that, just as you say, a coming soon. If I may secondly ask, um, talking about a critical friend, I think I take a little bit of umbrage at it was not clear that all involved had fully understood the outline. Um, and the reason I'm asking is we are evidence-based. Um, you can quiz me and you can, you know, but not right now, obviously. Um, but I would like to have some understanding of how you came to that conclusion and also how, how could it be demonstrated without a multi-choice question or an examination? How could that be proved that that was true? I, I do very much like the idea of a multiple choice question being asked on the local plan governance structures. Um, I suggest we set the pass mark at 75% for all members and 95% for members of cabinet and the relevant uh, committees. Very simply, because it became quite clear that the relevant procedures and decision-making processes hadn't been followed. And whether that was because they were new or people didn't understand them or people didn't think they applied, but it was quite clear that, you know, the document which said how things were going to happen had not actually been applied in reality. And, you know, First time out the box, one can forgive that and one can understand it. But um, one would hope that the document isn't just there as a sort of nicely coloured decoration to stick on the wall. It is the way that we're going to conduct matters. Um, I, I do appreciate that, Councillor Gregory, if I, may, if I may come back on that. And I think that, as you say, it is new and we are all, it is a learning curve for, for some. Um, but I think that would probably be a better terminology to write it. I think that would have been a better way to write it, of it appears that on this occasion, not that um, it was not clear that all involved had fully understood. Critical friend may be, but I felt a little bit like um, those poor A-level students of, rate, of, of late with their algorithm. Um, yes, um, I take your point about the use of language, but I think in defence, um, there was a very pleasing degree of consensus amongst the committee across all members and notably in members from uh, the ruling party that things weren't as clear as we had anticipated. And actually, this has been a recurrent theme with papers that scrutiny has received. They have, in some cases, lacked a degree of precision and detail that we would have expected and for the record, that's not a criticism it's criticism of officers. It's a criticism of the fact that I don't think that necessarily time and circumstances have allowed that degree of granularity of thought to take place. But, you know, if we're going to do our job, then the intention would be to do it forensically and to dig down into the detail. 
and the detail of how the sort of the wiring works, of how the governance structure works, and whether it actually does apply in reality, is probably the most basic element of this. But, you know, your point is well made. Um, if I, sorry, Chair, if I just may come back one time. Um, I, my, I'm fine. Final point, yeah, sorry. Um, my other point would be that um, I would be hopeful that all the members of scrutiny understand that document if they're going to scrutinise the people that are adhering to it. I certainly couldn't guarantee that they did, but once again, your point is well made. Um, there, I would suggest that there perhaps needs to be a sort of a broad process of education that we all understand the where the blobs uh, interrelate and link and who does what and when. Right, we've been into some interesting semantics there, so I think we'll move on. Councillor Dean and is next. Corridor suggests that uh, some form of regular bulletin is issued to all members because you know, I'm keeping hearing there's lots going on behind the scenes. I've no idea what it is. Um, we used to have a regular report, I think it was from Dawn, wasn't it, uh, on progress with the local plan. Uh, could that be reinstated, please? Yeah, uh, Alan, thank you very much. Yeah, there, there, there were at times uh, much more frequent uh, communications on that. I'm not sure if it's something that we'd want to keep up for 30 months or four years, whichever it was. But we will look at, at how we communicate that um, as the plan progresses. Uh, I see no more hands. So on to item seven. We've got two items. Sorry, we're on to six. Um, Two items to note, delegated decisions taken by cabinet members. Um, members will have read those. Any comments or are we happy to note? Um, we have some thumbs up. So in the absence of any blue hands, uh, the delegated decisions are noted. Similar, the assets of community value, you've seen those and are listed there. Any concerns other than noting those? Okay, fine. Um, that item is noted. Item eight, the draft terms of reference and the working arrangements. Um, Councillor Storer, do you wish to speak to this? I see your hand is up. Yes, please, if I may. Good evening, everyone. Um, it's just a point of clarification on this issue, if I may, and it is this, that the, um, the terms of reference you have before you uh, include the first three which haven't been considered by the um, local plan leadership group. The reason for that is that whilst they were in a preliminary draft, uh, I took them out on the basis that um, there were already dealt with in the council's constitution and in the working arrangements so and i wanted to avoid duplication that was the, the logic behind it so whilst i have um, no objection no concern about your about the cabinets including these and in the terms of reference should you wish i cannot say to you that they represent the the views of the group but, but that is the situation. So I have no objection to these being included, subject, of course, to uh, Jim, 
the officers from Democratic Services being comfortable with that approach. Thank you. Okay, well, I think that obviously it is for Cabinet to, to set those terms of reference. And I think it's a fairly technical point there, Alan, that I think that um, the, the subject comments coming up, the Cabinet is comfortable with them. Uh, but uh, I will ask for other comments from members. Dawn, then, if she wants to talk about uh, the exceptions by officers, but I don't think that's an issue. Uh, and we'll ask John to speak first. Councillor Evans. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, the, the, there is an amendment uh, towards the end of that, uh, do, towards the end of the terms of reference, which reflects sorry, which reflects the observations made at the last cabinet. Um, the previous draft uh, of this document referred uh, to detriment uh, and uh, it's now being amended, as you can see, um, to read um, that meetings should be uh, held in public uh, unless um, there's a consideration that the, uh, the, the holding of a meeting in public would be detrimental to the plan making process if it were discussed in public. Um, so that's a change um, made uh, as compared with the previous text, but I think it reflects the concerns which have been expressed at last cabinet. Okay, thank you, John. Uh, Neil, Councillor Reeve. Just very quickly, I'm in support of them as they are now. I just want to state that. Thank you very much. Um, any other comments? Um, Okay, we've, let, let's try a little experiment. If you look at your reaction button, um, you can uh, you could you could give a formal thumbs up on that. Shall we try that to show that we're? Uh, I was um, I was sort of looking at this. I'm a bit surprised on the the version maybe of Zoom that we're using. When um, the last time I used Zoom, I don't know whether Ben's noticed this, there was actually a yes or a no button that you could press. That now seems to have disappeared. We've only got the clapping or the thumbs up. Anyway, um, that one may come out later. We, uh, uh, we have then approved the, um, the draft terms. Sorry, the, yes, the, uh, the draft terms for the uh, LPLG. Item number nine is cabinet working groups. Um, you will have seen the, the proposed appointments there, uh, though there's one uh, item which effectively with, is withdrawn. I think we may have seen the correspondence this morning. There is um, a logistical issue over um, the, the number of um, members for the uh, museum working group, and that will need to be deferred for the moment. So apologies on that. So what we're looking at then is to approve uh, the, the, the others laid out in the papers. Um, and um, can I have comments on that, please? First of all, from members, and then I have Councillor Light to speak. Okay, no other hands raised. Barbara. Thank you. I just wanted to uh, ask a question. If the um, hands are raised, how can a vote be recorded? Because you're using the yellow hand, so could I, I, I perhaps uh, 
Ben could answer that question for me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Chair. Um, just to say, I mean, obviously that was unanimous, so therefore there was no dissent shown to the meeting. So, so otherwise there would need to be a recorded vote if there's any dissent. So there was no dissent shown, Councillor Light. Okay, thank you. Thank you. So on the substantive issue there, are we uh, content, for the record, to approve the um, appointment shown there with the exception, sadly for the moment, of Councillor Freeman to the vacancy on the working group? Shall we try our hands again? I think we've just about got there. Any dissent? I think there's no dissent there. So that is a, a unanimous vote. Um, thank you very much on that. Item 10, the budget forecast out turn. Councillor Hargreaves. Thank you very much. Uh, these, uh, these figures are a prediction of how our accounts will be uh, at the end of March next year. Uh, based on the first quarter of this year. Um, normally, such predictions are fairly simple to do because we know pretty much exactly what our council tax income, our business rates income, our investment income, we know what it's going to be. We know broadly pretty much exactly what our expenditure is going to be. Obviously, the first quarter has been somewhat unusual. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so looking at... The, um, we're looking at the general fund, uh, the housing revenue account, and the capital program. And the general fund is predicting a bottom line underspend of uh, £341,000. So that you will see, uh, I think, on page, uh, page 26. Now, normally, that's the top table there. Normally, going through all these, these tables don't show great variances, so it all flows quite nicely. Um, in this particular case, you can see there's a hefty variance on the environmental services, on the funding, uh, finance administration, and on the transfers to and from reserves. So it's probably better to explain that, just to go down to the appendices, page 33, appendix A. That shows the same thing at the top with the, with the four main portfolio areas, the spend areas, and all the other figures underneath coming down at the bottom to 341,000 of, of underspend. Um, and then beneath that, you'll see for those four portfolio budgets, if you go further down, you'll see there's a breakout. Each, each of those blocks is shown. So you see on the community partnerships, just regular stuff, not a great variance. Um, housing and economic development, again, fairly similar, 119,000 variance. Then when you get to environmental services, that's the bit where we start seeing things that are very different. Uh, car park, uh, that is was originally budgeted at 668,000 of uh, incoming revenue, and the forecast outturn is actually for a loss of £43,000. Um, we've got 12 car parks, and their running costs are about £350,000 a year. 
So if you do nothing, that money goes out. So that's reflecting the income loss on there. Development control one, that one, of course, is reflecting um, reduced um, planning activity. Interesting, that's not what one of the senior officers in the planning department is telling me. He said, so they're still overloaded with work. Um, but I'm assuming that that is, is a reflection of the income part that the, the accountants have seen. Uh, further expenditure from the waste management team. Um, that's obviously a result of having to uh, uh, do more work there. And looking further down the next block, the uh, finance and admin. Um, the big figure there is actually at the bottom. It's the council tax discounts, 508,000. And what that is, is that we, because we are the collectors of everybody else's tax, um, county, fire, police, if we do a great job and we collect a very high percentage, there's a, there's a revenue sharing arrangement and we get a bit of cash back. Um, what we're now forecasting is that because it's going to, we're going to have difficulty collecting, um, we're not going to get cash back. So we lose that money. So that's what that, that difference is. Uh, going back up to the main table. Um, there we are. With the um, business rates, we don't particularly have a, have a problem on that. And the reason is that the government have given the uh, holidays on business rates, business rate reliefs um, for uh, um, nurseries, the pubs. Um, many of our businesses are not paying business rates. And we know that the airport has paid theirs. That's the biggest chunk. So therefore, we don't really have a business rate collection problem because we've got fewer rates to collect. We have got is a Section 31 grants from the government to cover that. And that money is, is coming in, but it's going into reserves because we account for this in the following year. So somewhere on here, uh, there will be a big chunk of, of uh, it's on the business rates section, um, midway down the page, 4,634,000 variance. Uh, that's money coming in, which then goes out somewhere else into reserves and bottom. So it's a bit of in and out, but the overall picture is that we are, by and large, with our income now coming in from the investments, it looks at the moment, by the end of the year, we are going to be okay. Obviously, things can change. Um, now, going back up just to the, to the individual blocks of, of, of uh, information, on the corporate costs, we're reporting underspend of £128,000, and that relates to reductions in costs for capital financing and net reduction in um, investment um, uh, borrowing costs, leading lower than budgeted interest rates. Now, interest rates typically uh, are budgeted very conservatively, uh, so we're getting a better deal on our borrowing than we budgeted. Um, moving on to reserves. Uh, the variances on this are the ones that we've discussed before. It's the um, capital slippage 
on the uh, the waste depot and super fast broadband. That's page twenty nine, uh, paragraph thirty one. Moving on to the housing revenue account, that's page 29, paragraph 35. Uh, predicting a bottom line deficit of £37,000. Um, the pandemic's had a significant impact on the income and the full year prediction for rental arrears is about is one and a quarter million pounds. Um, now, as with any arrears, balance is an expectation that we will be able to cover a percentage of this income, uh, and as such, we think the direct revenue impact will be about three hundred and ninety thousand pounds. And therefore, there has been a provision made of that amount. And we're not at the moment pursuing pursuing uh, recovery actions. Uh, we have to continue to assess the situation and we have to follow, follow government guidance. Uh, the housing repairs budget is reporting increased costs of £421,000. That's paragraph 36. That is the transition to Uttlesford North. We're paying uh, first-year management costs and also paying off the existing contractor payments. Um, the capital programme is consistent with the current budget. Uh, there's one slippage for the housing revenue programme, that's Walden Place, uh, moving back to 21-22. That interesting phrase there, it's moving back, is referred to as being reprofiled. Hmm. Um, on the investments, we're now getting payback from the, from the, um, the latest investment uh, near the airport, and we will get £845,000 into this year's figures from that, which is great news. Uh, Treasury management, all the activity has been in accordance with the approved strategy. Uh, interest rates are low. Average rate of interest for investments is 0.08%. And the average rate of interest for borrowing is 0.31%, which is very low. Um, so a lot of tables beneath this, full details of all this lot, including the section 106 balances, all the Treasury management borrowing and investment details set out in appendixes A to F. So, if anyone's still awake, uh, the recommendation is the Cabinet is recommended to approve the General Fund, the Housing Revenue Account and Capital Programme forecast outturn positions, including the updated use of reserves and requested slippage for the Capital Programme. Thank you, Councillor Hargreaves, for, uh, for walking us through that. Thank you also, for Angela, for uh, joining us and her work on, uh, on the production of this. Um, I have uh, one member who wishes to speak, Petrina first, and then Alan. Well, I think Alan was before. Hand up, Petrina first. Okay, thank you. Um, I would just like to say, well, I'd like to say, big, huge, well done, because at the beginning of the year we thought we were going to be in such dire straits, Councillor Hargreaves. So you've all done a magnificent job to make this look a bit more palatable, and the investment board as well. And I am particularly grateful that we have been able to reintroduce the Ward Initiative Fund, known as the New Home Bonus, that it means that because of C19, we know that there are a lot of charities out there and local people in dire need who are helping others, and we will be able to contribute towards that, and there was a possibility that it would not. So I would like to thank you for that, and well done. Thank you, Petrina. Um, well, 
I'll start off by endorsing what Councillor Lees has just said and, and won't repeat that. The Councillor Hargreaves made reference to um, economic development, and I'm, I'm looking at page 34 of the document, where it's showing um, a negative or, a, sorry, an underspend forecast of 10, 10K. Um, I, I wrote, and, and let me just establish something. As, as I understand it, there's been no change in that the council is down by one member of staff in the economic development area. Is that is that still correct? Um, sorry, I'm not, not able to answer that question. Perhaps no, uh, we'll no, 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 we're not. We do we do have a replacement, but at a different level from the person who left. All right, I see. Okay. Well, the, the reason I, I I raised it is whether we're we're putting enough effort into that. I, I wrote to Councillor Reeve about three weeks ago when the issue of um, unemployment and job dis jobs disappearing at Stansted Airport came up. I haven't had a reply to that yet, but I, what I was asking, and I think I dropped an email to the Chief Executive um, and, and haven't had a response yet really as to whether the Council was engaged with employers at the airport to see what role, if any, this council can play in diversifying the economy, in um, in finding alternative jobs, in other words, for people that uh, are currently losing their jobs. And uh, from what I can see at the moment, um, many will not many will not return. So it's a broad question about what strategy is the council developing for diversifying the economy and taking account of what seems to be a, a very significant downturn in the aviation and related um, industries around Stansted Airport. Thank you. Thank you, Alan. A good point. Nia, would you like to come back at that stage first before Councillor Evan? Yes. Um, firstly, uh, Alan, uh, thank you for that. I did reply and gave you what you called a holding uh, reply. In the meantime, I had a meeting with uh, Arthur Coote and members of the Unite Union who were uh, leading the um, campaign to sort of uh, sort out specifically EasyJet. Uh, <clears throat> but then we touched on the more general aspect of other employment at the airport. And some proposals came out of that meeting, uh, which I'm now uh, digesting and in due course we'll put those into the uh, into the piece to see how best to progress those through the council in the meantime uh, linda howells the uh, officer with whom i'm uh, uh, to do this business she's now uh, back and we're starting to uh, to do our work together so that's the answer there so no light bulb um uh, instant solutions uh, but as was referred to earlier, the slow and steady work of uh, getting the act together to take things forward. Oh, well, thank you for that response. I'm pleased there's something happening in back behind the scenes and look forward to outcomes in due course. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Evans. John? Yes, uh, thank you. Um, not being a numbers man, um, but uh, having um, 
looked at uh, expenditure accounts and so on in a, in a, in a business uh, context. Um, I'm familiar with percentage changes appearing in things like quarterly accounts and manage, management uh, accounts, as it were. Um, is there any merit in having um, uh, percentage changes, percentage variances, sorry, percentage variances uh, appearing in uh, some of these um, accounts? Um, I don't mean for the big for the big picture numbers, but um, for our sort of domestic um, expenditure and so on. Um, is there any benefit in having having that? I, I wouldn't want to uh, create additional work for the sake of it, but. Uh, is that something which would be a useful additional uh, visual to have on these things? The issue with percentages is that you can get um, a very high percentage from a very low figure. So, for example, I'm looking at highways here. Um, where are we looking at one, one of the figures here? Uh, housing strategy has gone from 57 to 46. That's actually quite a high percentage change. The numerical amount that it's changed eleven thousand, uh, whereas a much bigger figure uh, can change by a large amount, but actually only a smaller percentage. So uh, percentages have use in some instances, but I would say as a general principle on here, it's probably better not to have them. If if all your figures tend to be rather the same size, percentages work. If all your figures are different, um, it, it doesn't work quite so well. Uh, as I said at the beginning, normally these accounts are quite predictable. We don't have the range of, of differences coming up. So let us pray this is a one-off and we're not sitting here this time next year or later, in later quarters also making the, the same points. Um, generally, I have to say, I do find uh, the accounts, uh, still after all these years, the accounts, accounts really quite difficult to follow. They just not they just don't work like company accounts at all. You don't have sales, cost of sales, um, then uh, you know, direct cost, then all the rest of it all laid out. Um, it, it's a different thing. And even within those, um, uh, the, 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 the service blocks, you've got income within the, netted within the expenditure. So, for example, licensing is set to be self-funding and that the fees should match the cost. Um so putting percentage on those would look a bit odd uh, because there shouldn't really be much movement at all. So, yeah, the, the whole thing's a bit of an obscurity, but in the end, you do get used to it. And what you then spot is it's different to last time. Why is it different? That's when the questions start, start to come up. And mo most local authority accounts look pretty similar to this. They are done on a standard format. So that is helpful if you want to look at some of the other accounts. There we go. Thank, thank you, Neil. I have, I have a lot of sympathy. I... Um, I left commercial accounts uh, as a main time uh, hobby uh, many years ago. I then had to absorb the National Health Service methodology for producing accounts and then uh, a further step onto lo lo local council accounts. It's uh, uh, an, an interesting move, but uh, thank you for that response. Uh, Neil, the, the, the proposal is that uh, uh, the Cabinet is to uh, approve the General Fund Housing Revenue Account and Capital Programme outturn. Uh, could, I, could I have a vote on that, please? Well, I think 
few hands still to come. I think, yeah, some physical hands there. That uh, That is approved. Derek, did I see yours? Okay, it's nodded there. And we have a, a, a unanimous um, approval for that. Thank you. Uh, thank you to Neil and, uh, and Angela. Um, moving on to uh, item 11, the Essex Coast uh, Recreational uh, Disturbance Avoidance and Migration Strategy. Um, I don't propose to spend a long time on this. Cabinet has seen this uh, jet and Cabinet has seen this on uh, a number of occasions and we have uh, utilised a remarkable amount of uh, electronic paper in this for what is in fact a relatively small uh, item, relatively small issue, shall we say, uh, and which affects a tiny part of the county and uh, the expenditure is met by uh, prospective developers. Um, I don't. I don't then propose, John. You'll you'll excuse me if I don't ask you to go through the four hundred and twenty nine pages in any detail. In fact, in no deal, no detail at all. But I will take questions or comments before we uh, take a vote on the adoption of uh, that strategy document. Members. Councillor Evans can't resist it. <laughs> well, I, I would just uh, like to <coughs> thank uh, uh, our officer, uh, Ms Hills, for uh, her work on, on this. Uh, there's a great deal of work gone into it, actually, and it is. It does make a very interesting read. Um, but in, de in deference to those in Ethelsford who have responded to uh, the consultation process, I might just like to say that one of our own, actually, uh, was a consultee, uh, Councillor Hargreaves actually responded, so he told me earlier on today. Um, so um, these things do get actually paid attention um, to. Uh, but on a, on a serious note, I think protection of birds is something of interest to uh, a great number of people. Uh, and uh, perhaps I might just uh, mention that uh, this has emerged from um, a stabbing neighbourhood plan uh, exercise. Um, uh, I've, I've learned that uh, in Stebbing we have 75 species of birds uh, actually in the parish um, and uh, of that uh, 16 uh, species are actually described as uh, falling into a vulnerable uh, category and 14 species in a slightly less vulnerable uh, category. So I think it is important actually for us to be uh, acknowledging uh, the significance and value uh, of um, uh, this particular exercise in mitigation. Uh, and uh, it is a county-wide uh, thing and one uh, which uh, I would commend as representing uh, actually cooperation uh, among all 12, all 12 local authorities in Essex. Uh, so um, perhaps, Chairman, uh, uh, um, uh, I could uh, simply ask the cabinet to approve the recommendations as they stand. Thank you. Um, I will. Uh, I will second that. We haven't actually been formally proposing and seconded, but I will second that one. And uh, sorry if I minimised its appear to have minimised its importance in any way. I think I was just saying that we have, in fact, spent uh, uh, a, a very significant amount of time and, and, and effort on this, both at officer and uh, at uh, member level. So, if I can ask you for uh, your vote, please, on this. 
Um, looking around in different places, I think we have a unanimous approval of that. Members, thank you, thank you very much for uh, for finalising that after uh, quite a long time. Um, final item twelve: the um, uh, the report to consider the report on uh, council house uh, development sites. Uh, welcome, Ros, to the meeting and ask. Uh, Petrina in the first instance to speak to this. Uh, thank you, Chair. <clears throat> After 465 pages of the previous uh, item, it was quite interesting to see that I was on 400, page 479 or something, which is a little bit scary. Luckily, our, I'm sure everybody's read our six pages or seven pages. Um, just, to, just to be clear, that we're recommending to Cabinet that these identified sites have progressed through the planning application stage and subject to borrowing capacity within the housing revenue account put into construction. Um, as you're all aware, our HRA business plan will be ready in December that will help us carry on. And the officers have been working on develop a new three-year development programme with an objective of achieving our very ambitious 200 properties over this period. So just to give you a little insight of what's happening so far, out of on the page I've got an old page 11, but I think it's 485. Um, the development programme where we're at so far, Great Chesterford is out for tendering. Um, and we will be obviously doing a management plan for that when that gets contracts assigned. The Moors in Little Dumbo is underway. Um, Thaxted Road contracts is just about to be signed imminently. Walden Place, we've sent all the details to relevant ward members. I'm assuming Councillor Eek, you've had yours. Can't see you. No? Yeah, we sent it to you. Not yet. Okay, but that's... Um, I don't think so. No, sorry, okay. Katrina. I saw a copy. I'll, I'll make sure it's forwarded it to you. Um, sorry, can you forward it to me as well? Because um, I haven't seen it either. Thank you. Um, yes, certainly. I... Probably the email sent to me that this is what we're going to send out and they haven't quite sent it yet. But that's pre-application have been seen by the planning department and they're happy. Um, the Haffley House finishes next week. If you hear a whoop, that'll be from Roz behind the screen. Oh, she's on the screen now because she'll be so delighted. And uh, Alexia House is emptying much quicker than we thought. Gold Close, which is an identified site uh, we identified it for a specific family in need, um, a lady who's in a motorised wheelchair, and that got planning permission, I'm delighted to say, today. So that's a specific house for an husband resident in need identified, and we're going to be able to provide that. And the rest are in the planning stages at the moment. So that's about it, really, unless anybody has any questions. Questions. I see. Um, John, is your hand up or is that from the previous uh, item? In that case, uh, Councillor Derek, I think you have your hand up. I do, thanks. It's just a question on Parkside. Uh, I'm aware that you know, a number of residents on, in Parkside have been offered accommodation, uh, particularly in the new... Uh, uh, or the new site uh, opposite the common, but they haven't moved yet. And I think there's a delay. Do you, can you update me on that at all? 
Um, Pup, they should be moving pretty soon, shouldn't they, Ros? We're we're expecting completion week after next, and then we'll be planning the moves. As soon as we get we get the building back, we'll plan those moves. So probably in three weeks' time. Okay, and thank you very much for that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, any other comments or questions on this excellent program? That's because we have an excellent housing team in this council. I will endorse that. Thank you to Ros, not not only for coming along for this, but more particularly for the work that's gone into this. And I think that uh, we're we're very fortunate to have that team working on this. So uh, we're asked to approve this report. Can I uh, can I see a vote on that, please? To... Sorry, Chair, should we a seconder, please? Oh, I'll second it, Ben. Oh, sorry. Thank you. Thank you. So, sorry, can you just do your vote again, please, now? Uh, Yes, that looks unanimous. Thank you very much. Um, Thank you for, to one and all, uh, the, unless I've missed anything, the um, meeting is closed at one minute past eight. Thanks to one and all.